opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good evening, um, or after late afternoon. Um, I'm Dr. Jesse Rail, and we are going to be talking about finding your inner strength. <clears throat> Inner strength basically is a resource that we all have, um, and and we can tap into that when, especially when we're having difficulties or when there's a lot of stress going on. Um, it's just kind of a thing that that we can tap into so that we're not dependent on other people or other things for our emotional and spiritual well-being. So we're going to talk about how some ways that you can that you can find your inner strength, enhance it, and tap into it and use it to help you through difficult times. And we're certainly um, going through some difficult times now, as everybody is aware. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about some, some key terms. And um, the first one, of course, is inner strength. And, and, you know, that's the inner resource that we have. It's not dependent on other people. It's not dependent on other things. It's within you. And nobody can take it away from you. You can always develop it, enhance it. And then second of all, religion. And religion is basically the belief in or the worship of a superhuman controlling power. And those those are usually thought of as gods or goddesses or God, Jesus, um, different superhuman powers that um, we might talk about, you know, we turn to in times of need or we worship them. Um, it's also a particular system of faith and worship. Those of you who are, you know, involved in religions, you know that your religious practices have a, a certain system and they're founded by uh, somebody who either was spoken to or enlightened or directed by that superhuman to create this this set of rules and and doctrines and teachings so some of the words that are associated with religion are faith belief worship creed teaching doctrine theology sect cult religious group divinity church faith community, body, denomination, following, persuasion, and affiliation. So that's pretty much religion. Um, and then you have spirituality. And spirituality is a broad concept with room for many different perspectives. Um, and, and people who have a sense of spirituality definitely have different perspectives. Um, it's a sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves and typically involves a search for meaning in life. Uh, it's a universal human experience. So um, everybody <clears throat> is touched by spirituality. People may be religious, um, but they're probably touched by spirituality as well. Um, people may be spiritual and they don't necessarily practice a given religion. Um, people describe a spiritual experience as sacred transcending, or a deep sense of aliveness and interconnectedness. Um, it may be intricately linked to their association with a church, temple, synagogue, or mosque. So, you know, 
they they probably they may have a, a link with one of those, and that is part of their spirituality. Other people find comfortable comfort in a personal relationship with God or a higher power. They don't necessarily practice a religion, but they do believe in God or a higher power. And others seek meaning through their connection to nature or art. Art is a real expressive form of spirituality. Many people express themselves through music or drawings or painting or sculpting, and that is a spiritual experience for them. Um, Spirituality typically changes throughout your life because it adapts to your own experiences and various relationships. Um, so what you your your spiritual self at three years old is probably not what your spiritual self at fifteen and it's probably not what your spiritual self at thirty and on through the life phases. Because as we grow and develop our we, we begin to question our behavior changes, our feelings changes, and certainly, you know, we gain a higher level of intellect and uh, experience other people and relationships as well. Spiritual questions typically are, am I a good person or am I a bad person? What is the meaning of my suffering? And that's a big one, especially as people develop some type of illness or, you know, going through some deep emotional or physical pain. Um, They need to find meaning in that suffering. Why is it happening? Um, What is my connection to the world around me? Do things happen for a reason? How can I live my life in the best way possible? So those are, those are some of the questions that, um, you know, that you ask for in spiritual seeking. Religion and spirituality are two distant things, but they generally do overlap. So if you think about two circles laying side by side on a table, and then you, one is, is religion and one is spirituality, and then you move your circles so that the edges of the side of them overlap each other. So we'll talk about the overlap part in just a minute. But uh, the questions in spiritual spirituality basically are, again, where do I personally find meaning, connection, and value? And then in religion, it is what is true and right. So um, many religions talk about you know, being true or the truth. Uh, that type of thing, and they people who practice those religions believe that that is the truth, and and there's a right, and that's okay. Um, and then in the overlap part is the individual experiences, which affect how you think, feel, and behave. So there's a huge connection to emotional well-being and spiritual well-being, and um, on on the negative side, it can cause a great deal of conflict. If your if your religion teaches, you know, you grew up in a in a particular religion, and and you've always learned that certain things are right and wrong, but maybe your behavior isn't quite within the teaching of that religion. It's going to cause a real conflict. Or if suddenly you start to question whether those things that you were taught are right or wrong, or good or bad, that's going to cause some conflict. Or when you see people inside that religion behaving in ways that your religion teaches are are wrong, it's going to cause some conflict. So it can cause a lot of conflict. But 
it can also cause a great deal of, of positive reward. Um, spirituality basically is seeking a meaningful connection with something bigger than yourself, which results in positive emotion. And those are peace, all contentment, gratitude, and acceptance. And, um, you know, peace is, is what you feel, uh, a, a feeling of peace, a feeling of calm, that things are going to be okay. No matter what's going on, you are okay with it because you know that ultimately it's, it's going to be okay. It happened for a reason, um, whether you understand the reason or don't, but you're okay with that. All basically is AWE, looking at or experiencing something much larger than yourself and just a feeling of total amazement, you know, incredible Um it's incredible when you think about how huge an ocean is or or the the sun or the moon and you know the different changes um the different changes of the season contentment is a whole lot like peace but it contentment is just you're okay where you are you know you you're you're happy where you are you're you're just feel okay gratitude of course is is being thankful for whatever comes your way um, even even challenges, because challenges can help us grow. And um, so if you develop a, a sense of gratitude. And then acceptance is accepting whatever the situation is. You just come to a point where you're accepting. So as you can see, that those all end up being very circular. If you get to the point of accepting, then you're probably going to feel peaceful and contented. If you, you know, are struck by all, then you're going to be very, uh, you're going to have a sense of gratitude. So as you can see, those those terms basically go in a circular way, but they're very positive emotions. Um, emotional health is about cultivating a pr- positive state of mind, which can broaden your outlook into recognizing and incorporating the connection to something larger than yourself. So here we are, you know, with, with the belief in God or a higher power or and um, people who have that belief tend to do better emotionally. Now, that doesn't mean that people cannot have a mental illness. People who are spiritually and emotionally healthy can still, unfortunately, end up with a mental illness. Mental illness basically has to do with chemicals and hormonal um imbalances or abnormalities or horrible situations that are causing a great deal of of mental distress. So, you know, it used to be, and and I hope that we move beyond this, but it used to be that people believed that people with mental illness were not spiritually healthy. They were not emotionally healthy. They were possessed. You know, they, they, but, but those things are not shown to be true by evidenced research. There are many people who have anxiety and depression, and they are spiritually and emotionally healthy. It's just they've got these chemical imbalances and or situations that are just feel beyond, you know, their ability to cope with. It's kind of like having hypertension or diabetes or, you know, there's, there are things that we can do about it. There are things that we can do to help, but we may not be able to make it completely go away. Um, Emotions and spirituality are distinct, but they're also linked and deeply integrated with one another. 
So you basically don't need to know precisely what is happening or where it is, where it's all going. Um, you need only to recognize the possibility and challenges offered by the current moment and embrace them with courage, faith, and hope. Um, one of the ways that we do that, so now we're going to talk about ways that we can actually do that. Um, one of the things that we do is participate in rituals. Rituals can be, you know, a rite of passage that certain religions have. It can be communion. It can be confirmation to the church. Um, rituals can be many things. Rituals can be lighting a candle, um, you know, lighting a candle when, when you pray, uh, getting in a certain position for prayer or a meditation. There are many, many, many different types of rituals. Um, and that's one way that we, we stay connected to our spirituality or, and or our religion. We participate in these rituals. And when we do, we usually have a sense of comfort or a sense, a sense of predictability. You pretty much know what's going to happen when you participate in the rituals, uh, especially if you've done that many times before. And um, that can increase your spiritual and your emotional connection. Mindfulness is another way because it teaches you to be aware of your body and your mind in the present moment and be open to it with just curiosity and kindness. A lot of people, when they get involved with mindfulness, they worry too much. They worry about, are they breathing properly? Will they fall asleep? What happens if they do fall asleep? Yeah. But the whole point of mindfulness is just to sit somewhere and just be aware of everything that is happening. How you feel emotionally, how you feel physically. What are you thinking about? Um, what's going on around you? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? You know, just be completely immersed in the in the present. And when your thoughts stray to things in the past or the future, just gently be aware of that. Note that that's happening. And just bring them back to the present. So you don't have to worry about what's going to happen if you fall asleep. If you fall asleep, it's because you're tired and you need the rest. Um, just, you know, Bring your thoughts back to the present because that allows you then to explore perspectives and experiences in a new way that typically lead to new insight around those spiritual questions. Um, so then another way that you can that you can enhance your spiritual and emotional well-being is create your own special place. And it could be as simple as kneeling beside your bed every night to say your prayers. You know, a lot of times we teach our children to do that. Um, it could be dragging a chair over to a window and sitting there so that you can feel or see the sunlight or the breezes, you know, things like that. It could be anything that is your special place. I've known people who their special place became their shower or their bathtub because you know they had a lot of family living with them and, and that was the only real place they could find privacy. So they found that their special place was in a shower. Um, when you do create your special place, be aware of what you see, if you can see, and um, make sure that it's, it's pleasant. You know, you don't want to be looking at something really ugly. This is not going to be helpful. So, Create something that is attractive or peaceful for you to look at. Um, the same, you know, for 
for tactile. Find something that you can touch that is that is pleasant to touch. You don't want to, you know, touch something that's not pleasant. That's not going to help. So find something. Sometimes people hold velvet or a worry stone. Worry stones basically are, I, I think they're actually little pieces of glass. But anyway, somehow they have created this this stone shape, real smooth. Um, they just fit in your hand really nice. But inside of them, they usually have an angel or a butterfly, something like that. And you can get them for very little. But they're called worry stones. Some people hold that. Um, Some people hold stuffed animals because though they're nice and soft. And then think about what you're hearing. And again, try to block out traffic or people arguing or, you know, any sudden disruptive noises, especially that that are unpleasant. Um, and one way to do that is to use music, a song that gives you a lot of comfort. And you don't want to listen to anything that causes anxiety or stress, but listen to some music that causes you to feel comfortable. Or you can read a scripture, a, a verse over and over, you know, um, anything that sounds pleasant to your ears. And then just be aware of the scent as well. Now, some people use incense, some people just light candles. Some people, you know, use essential oils. So, but again, make sure that it's pleasing to you. And what might, what might smell good to one person may not to another. So be sure that it, it is something for you because this is your special place. And in your special place, again, just, you know, do what you need to do. Just either sit and, and be silent. That can be helpful. Or use the mindfulness techniques. You can focus on your breathing. Um, you can pray. You can meditate. Whatever it is, but just take some time each day. It doesn't have to be long. 10, 15 minutes is usually long enough. And uh, just just create your special place. Because when you do that, what you're going to find is that it may not happen right away. And it may not happen when you're in your special place. But what you're going to find is that you're, you're going to have more clarity and some of the anxiety that you feel are, is going to leave. If you've been chewing on a problem, you may suddenly have a solution or a possible solution to the problem. It's going to have more clarity. You're going to be able to focus better. Um, you're just going to feel more, more connected. So if anybody has any questions, um, we'll, we'll do that. Okay, and if you have any questions, uh, to raise your hand on a computer, it is Alt-Y. On a Mac, it is Option-Y. On a landline, it is Star-9. And on an iPhone or an iPad, it's under the More Options. And you just scroll down until you see the raised hand um, selection. All right, Um, Connie. You may now unmute. Hello. Hello. Thank you for doing this call. You're welcome. So I'd like to just share something. Um, My husband passed away last year in December. Mm -hmm. And then two months, what, three months after that, we were had to shelter in place. Um, That's been very, very difficult. So in the beginning, I started out my day by listening to the news, which was depressing. Uh which is very depressing because it was all about COVID-19. And that was not really what I, that was not a good way to start the day. 
especially since I was still grieving the loss of my husband. And I'm, I'm still grieving, by the way, still pretty new. Um, and so finally, what I started to do was I started my mornings by listening to the Psalms from the Bible. And I listened to about two a day. So I got through the whole book of Psalms in a few, you know, in the in a couple of months, just by starting my day that way. And it was just so much more comforting to do that rather than listening to the news. It's not that I don't listen to the news, but I, what I do now is I start the day by listening to a devotional or Bible passage or something. And I do listen to the news, but I try to limit how much news I listen to so that it, I'm not overwhelmed by it. And I try not to go to bed listening to the news either, because that's not a good way to end the day either. So I just thought I would sh share that. Thank you. Thank, well, thank you very much for sharing. And you're so right. It is important to begin the day on a happy, positive note. And it's important to end the day on a, a happy, positive or peaceful note. Because if you go to bed with all this news and, and drama, you're not likely going to sleep well. And if you start the day on a positive note, it sets the tone for the day. Too. It does. Absolutely. So, you know, we start the day on positives and we end the day on positives. Mm -hmm. And um, there's plenty of time during the day to listen to people and the news and whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay. We do not. Let's see. Okay. We don't have any more. Uh, questions at this time. Okay. Yep. We, we don't have any more questions right now, Jesse. Well, thank you some more questions. <laughs> We've got some <laughs> more time. <laughs> okay. So if anybody has any more questions, um, like I said, uh, you can raise your hand and uh, ask your question. Um, oh, all right. Nancy, you may unmute. Uh, hi, Jesse. I, I'm taking notes, and forgive me, but I'm not, I have for religion. I have because I can look at these, listen, to, uh, read these words, and go, "Oh, I have faith, sex, cult, religious groups, d uh, divinity, ch and church." But I think I, and denomination, and following, and persuasion, and affiliation. Did I miss a word? <laughs> I was just, I, I was writing I'm, my note taking skills there. I think, I think got, I got just a. Yeah, I think you got most of them. Um, okay. Hold on one second, and we'll talk about them again. Yeah, please oh, do. we have yeah. more people with raised hands. Oh, good. All right. So you said, I just like to look at each list, you know, look at each word and sort of assimilate them and see how they apply to me. Sure, no problem uh, at all. Uh, I'll get them so right here in one second. <laughs> oh, goody, thank you. I'll write them, I'll, I'll, I'll write them very quickly. Other people want to ask questions. I don't want to take up too much time. That's okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Um, Faith. Belief. Faith. Relief, okay. Belief. Oh, oh, belief, 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 okay. Yeah. Worship. Okay. Worship. Worship. Uh -huh. Creed. Creed. What is it? Creed? Creed, yeah, uh-huh. C-R-E-E-D. Uh-huh. Okay. Doctrine. Okay. Theology. Theology. Sect. S-E-C-T. S-E-C-T, uh-huh. Cult. Cult, uh-huh. Religious group. Religious groups. Divinity. Divinity. Church. What was the last word? Church. Church, okay. Divinity yeah. church, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, faith. Uh, faith community. Uh, faith community, okay. Body. Okay. Denomination. Denomination. Following. Following. Persuasion. Persuasion. 
and affiliation. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. John, you man mute. Ask your question. Okay, okay hello. Um, uh, this is uh, kind of an off the wall quote uh, question, I think. But uh, do you think that religion and faith uh, does it, um, uh, the word I'm trying to think of, does it traverse all, all socioeconomic? levels, you know, I guess I mean to say, do you think religion and faith is more prevalent among the uh, um, say versus wealthy versus poor, do you think? Uh oh Lynn, can you help me? (laughs) We've got some kind of an other thing in the background. Hold on, John, I accidentally muted you instead of this other person. John, could you unmute? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, do you think that religion and faith is is more prevalent among the uh, uh, I would say the poorer segments of society versus wealthy, or do you think uh, folks who are wealthy, you know, uh, have faith and religion to the same degree that uh, that those of us without, you know, means? You know, I don't know that there's been any real. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, because uh, uh, I'm sure you've read Karl Marx. You know, he's a Marxist and on everything, and his uh, uh, his thoughts were the, the, the uh, and I use these terms uh, loosely that uh, the upper class, the uh, bourgeoisie, I guess, mm-hmm. would uh, use religion to help keep the uh, the proletariat, you know, the working class, you know, in place, you know, to keep them occupied while the mm-hmm. rest of them, while the rest of them claim the wealth. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know that there's uh, really been any, you know, definite research about that. It'd be interesting. Uh, that's a thought because it, it, uh, this uh, brought back memories of my undergrad when we uh, read, uh, Arts, you know, and he was a, you know, he, uh, um, he had his thoughts on religion. I just wondered if you were uh, knowledgeable of any of that and what your opinions were. I really, I've worked with a lot of different people, and I really haven't noticed, you know, any real, yeah, dramatic difference. Okay, um, thank yeah. you. Some people are, are very religious and, and spiritual, and some people mm-hmm. aren't, but it really doesn't seem to matter what type of work they do or income they have or you know any yeah. of that. I think, however, that people who maybe don't have as much money have more of a realization that there probably is a, a God or a higher power because yeah, they couldn't sure. rely on their money. And very often they, mm-hmm. you know, have to depend on something or somebody to provide for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. Thank you. It would sure be interesting research. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I do not see anybody with raised hands. Um, usually we have a lot of raised hands. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, well, uh, Jesse. Um, uh, oh, hold on. 
Well, we have some new people who have joined. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> so why don't you do this? Why don't you, um, why don't you just kind of cover, just kind of rephrase what you sort of talked My about? My hand is raised. Oh, I'm sorry. My hand is, was raised. Okay. I didn't see your hand. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, maybe I didn't push the button a double tap hard enough. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, all right. Go ahead. Ask your question, Linda. Okay. Um, I realize this is about inner strength and I'm um, assuming that, that uh, well, it's, it's more having some kind of a spiritual uh, or religious practice to help people to control their, um, you know, not the, let their emotions get the best of them in troubled times. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was my question. <laughs> um, that, that's ahead. all you have to say? Yes. Well, it's it's hard for me to hear because I keep hearing other people's background noises. I apologize. My hearing's not so great, and it makes it difficult to hear when I hear jaws and stuff like that. So, Oh, I apologize. Yeah. It's not a problem, you, but you might be hearing anyway. You might be hearing mine a little bit because I have to, oh, I have to know. No, oh, no. I, I understand. I, I have to hear when people raise their hand and when they I come understand. in. So. Sorry about that. No, don't apologize. You're fine. Um, okay. But if you would answer that question, um, in other words, I thought that this inner strength seminar um, slash discussion was about how to deal with things in the moment, more or less, I guess. Um, so, uh, well, um, that, I guess that's what my question is. What uh, I'm confused. You know, I expressed myself already, so... <laughs> Well, it can be it can be difficult to deal with things in the moment. Um, but sometimes if people can kind of tap into their spirituality or, you know, their religion and, and use, you know, prayer or meditation, that type of thing, um, or just even mindfulness, like we talked about, um, that can help you deal with things more okay. objectively. So maybe maybe you're not quite as focused on something that is happening, but you're more focused on you know yourself or or your prayer or your meditation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes you. if you step back and and you can get your mind off of the horribleness about COVID nineteen or the frustration of, of politics, you know, something like that. If you can just step back and get your mind off of that for 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> you, yeah, you will Thank find you. that, you know, you, you're feeling calmer, you're feeling more able to, to deal with it realistically. And it is hard. I mean, you know, we're, we're overwhelmed and sometimes, it's very, very hard, but it's really important to try to make it a practice. Take your mind off of everything, uh, or as much as possible. Thank you. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Okay, Chris Ann, you can unmute. Hi. Do you think that we're seeing a lot more anxiety and depression and mental health issues because so many people have turned away from faith and all of the things that go along with it. That may be part of it. Um, once people lose their their faith or their, their spiritual connection, um, then you don't really have 
anything to turn to. You know, you don't, you, you start not having answers to those, those questions about, you know, the world and your connectivity and your purpose in life and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that could well be why we're having more problems with anxiety and depression. Um, certainly, you know, uh, we have had a huge increase in mental illness um, and, and COVID is part of it. But I think it's, it's also probably linked to people in general losing a sense of, of faith and spirituality. Okay. All right. Uh, John, you want to unmute again? Okay. Uh, I took kind of segue off that last question. Um, do you believe that uh, world events can play a part in more people turning to faith and religion? Example, after 9 11 happened, church attendance was up at an all time high across America. And so were. Uh, and and so were uh, liquor sales, but uh, do you believe that uh, uh, calamity in the world will help or turn folks on to religion and faith? A lot of it depends on how leaders respond, um, especially leaders or role models. Okay. Yeah, if they respond by you know a, a spiritual or a faith movement, people will usually follow if they respond by in in hostility and um, negativity people will usually follow you probably remember 9 11 years ago yes. 2000 yes. yeah 2001 and there was a lot of you know um a lot of the evangelists a lot of uh, rabbis uh, you know yeah. different different mm-hmm. religious leaders did a whole lot and Absolutely. people seem to be more conducted and they seem to be you know, have a better sense of, of hope or faith or mm-hmm. uh, at least a more positive outlook. So, yeah, a lot of it has to do with how leaders or role models, whoever the role model, especially with teenagers, yeah, because they are very okay. impressionable to role models, you know, sports and... and okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thanks again. Okay. Uh Okay, we do not have any hands raised, and I would say that, Jesse, if you are finished with your presentation, um, then uh, we can just uh, end the presentation early. David, are you hearing me? So, um, so I'm assuming that we can do that. Um yes. Yeah, we can do that. And um, if anybody has any topics that you want to discuss or whatever, just send them to the ACB community list or, and Cindy will forward the email, or you can get in contact with me on Facebook. And um, I'm always open for, for topics of discussion. David, do you got this? So, okay, we're going to end this early. Um, so, uh I guess what I do is just uh, end the meeting and we can, if you have any topics you want to talk about, write to community at acb.org and let Cindy know. And then uh, we can take it from there. It's been fun. I will see all of you again. All right. Thank you very much for hosting.